We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I'm Karina Mustafa alongside Calvin Wetzel. We've got a lot to get into today. We're going to be talking parity in college women's basketball. We're going to be talking about the net ratings that just came out from the NCAA. And then, of course, some games to watch at the end. Uh, Cal, are you ready? First pot of December. I'm ready. Oh, that's right. It is the first part of December. And we are officially one month into the college uh, season by the time this pod comes out on Wednesday, December 6th, which is kind of cool to think about. Perfect. Exactly. Let's go. Uh, So first, Cal, before we get into uh, the rest of the show, I do got to ask you because you did go down to watch Illinois State versus NC State. um, How was that? It was so much fun. You know, like Illinois State lost by 18. That's what it is. NC State <laughs> is an incredible team, uh, you know, but like birds competed. It's all good. Uh, that team's just got a lot of size, a lot of athleticism, a lot of talent. And even aside from the result, like it was, it was really fun to see them up close. It was fun to see the arena. It's a really cool arena. Anyone who hasn't been there, it's very it's kind of small and compact. So, you know, the acoustics, like the energy really gets going. They were sold out. For this game, which you know, for Illinois State, it was a huge game. For NC State, it really wasn't, but they were sold out anyway. And and like there's so much fun energy and just seeing kind of the environment around the area, like walking around outside, seeing the Kayao, the Jimmy V, all the statues. Uh, there's so much basketball history in that area and the whole like triangle in, in North Carolina with all those schools. So it was just a really cool experience just like as a hardcore college basketball fan, just being down there. I love that. And uh, I guess you felt the energy in the arena when this happened. This first quarter. Hayes on the blow by, breaks some ankles, and breaks down the defense for two. Literally, 
breaks down the defense. Seeing her condition on this drive, she attacked that high foot. Nice shot fake. <laughs> yeah, I, I I saw Creed tweet this, and I had a feeling I had a feeling you were you were gonna bring this up on the pod. Listen, for all our listeners, I do not condone that behavior. I did not sanction this decision on the pod. Cree went rogue, okay? Everyone needs to know that that same player, Caroline Waite, dropped 23 on six threes, which is more than anyone on NC State had. She went off. She absolutely balled. Need to make sure that that gets out on the pod. Thank you, Karina. Thank you for gifting (laughs) that clip. (laughs) You're so very welcome. It's so funny because... I was just going back and rewatching games in preparation for the pod, and I just literally clipped that because it was so cool. And it I didn't cool even move. it didn't even register that that would have been like against you until you sent it to our group chat, and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just kind of like a deer caught in headlights, yeah. and then I figured, you know what? Actually, now let's have some fun because I didn't have any like previous like agenda with this, but now we got to create some beef on the show, you know? Because like we're too. Oh, we're all like, about we, beef. We've we've talked about this for like ever since we started this podcast. Like we aren't. We're too friendly to like actually go at each other. So like maybe this is the start of a new beef. This is the start of a rivalry on this pod, Cree. I'm gonna find a way to to get you back somehow. I don't know. Maybe when UConn plays plays your school, we're gonna find some oh. breakers from that one because you know it's coming. You know it's coming. Oh, Listen, I've, I mean, uh, I've I, and, NC State, <laughs> they, they got some athletes. Just nothing but respect. Like they had, they had a couple moves that you just can't guard. Like what are you gonna do about it? You know, they had a step back that that you didn't put on there. That Isaiah James. It's just like a WNBA move. You know, so good for them. It's it's uh, like it's a great team. Nothing you can say, but uh, yeah. Okay, anyway. gracious in defeat as always. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm glad to hear that it was a lot of fun. Um, I like. I think it's so cool that you just have like these opportunities to be able to go and watch college basketball in your country. Um, the only time I get to do that is when I go to school. So uh, yeah, no, that's super cool that you had a lot of fun. When is Sorry. that game, by the way? The UConn- it's December. It's December 20th. Um, okay. A couple weeks, a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming up um, right before the holidays. So I'm excited for it. Um, I can't remember what time it's at. I should probably know that, but we will preview that as we get a little bit closer to it. All right, let's move in to our headline of the week, uh, which was prompted by this tweet from across the timeline where it was another stat about UConn being outside the top 15 for the first time since 2005 and its lowest ranking since November 30th, 1993, when they were number 18. They go on to say that it's the first poll without either Tennessee or UConn in the top 15 since February 24, 1985. Um, And we've seen a lot of stats like this kind of pop up in the last couple of weeks. And it's something that we've kind of talked about a little bit in terms of like UConn not really being that team that's just dominating everybody and there being a little bit more parity. But now that we're officially a month into the season, is it fair to say that based on like these rankings and these results that what we're seeing is parity in college women's basketball as opposed to like teams just figuring it out early in the season? Absolutely. It, like in UConn's case, you know, they, they dropped pretty far in the rankings by their standards. But look at the three teams that they've lost to. Like those are all elite teams. Those are all top five, top 10 teams. Yeah. So it's not like UConn is falling off the map. It's just that a lot of other teams are catching up, which is parity. 
And mm. that, the same can be said, I think, a, across like any result like this. Um, who, who was the other team in that tweet again? Or was it the next tweet in that? It thread? was Tennessee. Tennessee. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same deal. I, Tennessee's maybe fallen off a little more than UConn has, but Tennessee's played a tough schedule too. Uh, and I like sometimes in this era of women's college basketball, like you just get beat where there was an era not that long ago where there were some teams that would never get beat. You saw some 40 and O's. It wasn't that rare, but now we don't, I mean, South Carolina came really, really close last year, but they didn't, they didn't get there. We just don't really see the 40 and O's anymore, which is exciting. Anyone can lose on any given night. And we still have some undefeated teams left right now, including South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina is still pretty clearly the best team to me, but even they got tested a little bit the other day with North Carolina. I don't think they're going to go undefeated either. I think someone will get them and they might win the national championship, but I think they're going to get got at some point. I think everyone will. Yeah. And I think that's definitely something that I've noticed that even though a lot of these teams still remain undefeated, if you go and you watch their games, they're pretty close. I would say against a lot of different teams. Um, it's just a matter of like who ends up executing down the stretch. Like, that game, I think it was South Carolina versus Duke, um, where it was so close the first three quarters. And then the last quarter, South Carolina outscores them 22 to 9. And it's just like, oh, okay. Well, this game is just all of a sudden over. But up until then, it had been very close. So I think you're seeing a lot of those types of games as well, um, which is why a lot of teams are still undefeated. But like you said, like South Carolina also seems to be the best team right now. If you had to pick a team, out of this week's rankings that kind of best describes that parody, who would it be? I'm going to give you two. I think Colorado and Stanford out of the Pac-12, because when you look at some of their results that like parody just means you never know what's going to happen. Right. And Colorado comes out of the gates, beats LSU pretty easily, who was number one at the time. And then they lose to a good NC state team that we just got done talking about by I will point out almost the exact same score that Illinois State lost to them by (laughs) (laughs) when Colorado was number seven in the country uh, by 18 points. In Stanford, same deal, dominate a great Indiana team in the first week or first week or two of the season. And the other day, they gave up almost 100 to Gonzaga, who's an excellent mid-major, but they weren't really competitive in that game. You're seeing these teams that on any given night, they can dominate a good team or they can get dominated by a good team or... They can go toe-to-toe and play really close. You just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, definitely when I was thinking about this, Stanford was definitely one of the teams that I was thinking about. Um, and then I, you saw in the doc, I wrote my answer is a cop-out. So it's my turn to be the cop-out this week other than you. <laughs> uh, like every team seems to have pieces that make them successful, whether that's like USC and like just the way Juju Watkins has been playing or like South Carolina having all these different pieces that fit together. Stanford, the same thing. Like, I feel like every team kind of has a special story, whether it's like NC State and like Snyder Rivers and River Baldwin and like all these different players um, that make each team successful in their own unique ways. I think that's been pretty cool to watch and seeing like these different fits on the team. So that's why my answer is a little bit of a cop out. But I just think there's a lot of exciting um, basketball being played right now in college women's basketball. So that's pretty cool. And then I kind of mentioned this is my kind of answer for which player or team has kind of been your favorite story so far this season, mine being like Juju and USC and just seeing like, it's so cool to have like a player coming out of high school who has so many expectations placed on her and then seeing her surpass those expectations and just be absolutely incredible. Um, I think she's definitely been my favorite story um, with USC for a while. I mean, like 
Mark and I have another shout out to Mark Schindler, have talked about her for a while now. So take a shot. I know. Right. Um, But like I knew about her because of him, like he put her on my radar. And so just to see her being so successful, I think has been one of my favorite things to watch. But Cal, has there been a player team that's been your favorite story so far? Yeah, Mark is great at following the high school scene, by the way. Follow Mark just for that, even if nothing else. Uh, there, You know, my favorite story, I would say, is goes along with yours. I think Juju has been fantastic, and I love the freshman fires. Take a shot <laughs> on that one, too. We always bring that up. Yeah. That's been my favorite story across college basketball this year. But if you're going to go with a team, I actually, my favorite story in terms of one team is actually a team that isn't really led by freshmen at all. They're led by transfers, and we talked about them last week, is TCU. TCU still undefeated. Sedona Prince, I think them looking as rejuvenated and healthy and dominant as they are is a, a really cool story. Uh, and we talk about Jaden Owens, uh, the Baylor transfer, who's making plays for them. And then Madison Connor, like if if y'all haven't watched Madison Connor, listen to this podcast, go watch Madison Connor because there are shooters and there are flamethrowers. Madison Connor is a flamethrower. That's a bar. <laughs> she leads the country still in threes. And when you watch her, but you can look on paper and tell she's a shooter. You can see the numbers. But when you watch her in the ways that she gets open and that release and how they use her in that offense, it is stunning. It is beautiful basketball. And it is so, so enjoyable. And I, I, it's like one of those teams that I'm circling now when I see them on the schedule against anyone that I, I need to go, need to go watch them play. So TCU for me, Horn Frogs. I love that. Um, so yeah, those are the teams that you should be following. There's been lots of parody in women's basketball uh, this season so far. Uh, so make sure you continue listening to us talk about it as well too. Shameless plug there. But uh, that's all for us on parody in college basketball right now. Coming up, we're going to talk about the newest net ratings that were released by the NCAA and the five questions surrounding who, what, where, why, and how. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. 
Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. All right, Cal, let's get into the net ratings. Um, I thought it would be a good idea first to just kind of break it down as to what exactly these are for maybe those who aren't as familiar. Um, Like, I guess the who is just all the college basketball teams that are playing. That seems pretty simple. Um, So I'll let you kind of lead off with what are the net ratings. Yeah, the net ratings are, it stands for the NCAA Evaluation Tool, uh, I think. Like 99% <laughs> sure that's it, actually. Um, and it's... Uh, sounds right. It sounds, it sounds good. good, right? It, yeah. Maybe I got one of those wrong. It's, the N is definitely NCAA. I know that for <laughs> sure. Uh, it, you can find them on the NCAA's website, but it's really hard to find. So maybe we should tweet it out or something. But um, it, I'll put it in the description. Oh, this is why... You are the leader of this podcast. You are always on top of everything. Um, so what it is, it's a ranking system that took over for the RPI, which sucked, was terrible a few years ago. Uh, and everyone knew it. It was like 40 years old. It was created in whatever, the 70s. It was so bad. So they're like, we need something new. Here's the net. So net took over in men's, now in women's. And it's basically a computer algorithm formula that tries to rank teams based on a couple different things there's something called the tvi the team value index which is something that they don't tell us what it is uh it's just this sort of component that they use that we don't really know how it works but it's supposed to rate teams resumes uh it's supposed to rate them on like how they've performed uh, and then there is also efficiency margin. So like points per possession scored and allowed, uh, adjusted for strength of schedule and for home road location, things like that, which is more of a number that is trying to predict how teams will do as opposed to looking at how they have done so far. Uh, and so those are kind of the two big components. There used to be more, got rid of some of them. Scoring margin, straight scoring margin used to be part of it. Now it's not, which it kind of still is in the mar- in the efficiency thing. But that's a whole nother soapbox that I could get on for a whole podcast. Um, yeah, that's what the net is. Uh, it's just a ranking system is the simple answer. Okay. So that covers the who and the what. And then the where, like we said, is on the NCAA website. But I will also put it in the description for easier access. Um, because as Cal said, it is not the easiest to find. Um and then I guess, and we kind of went over the how um, with like it being a computer, um, computerized ranking, but maybe let's go into more of the why and like how indicative is the actual team's rankings of this data like actually worth? Yeah, I kind of jumped the gun on you on the on all your questions here. Oh, that's, but, no, uh, that's totally the, fine. The why? <laughs> well, like I said, the biggest why of why the net exists is because the RPI was awful. Mm-hmm. And so everyone the rpi basically just took into account like winning percentage in your opponent's winning percent like it was it took into account like nothing you know so that's why the net exists it's significantly better than the rpi has a lot of flaws significantly better than the rpi 
for all the complaints that it gets or whatever. Uh, I, I think the why in terms of like the committee is just that you need something to be able to sort these teams back. Okay, people always talk about the eye test, right? And analytics versus the eye test and, and data versus what you see. And that's great. Like eye test matters for a lot of things, but there is not a single human being who can watch even 10% of all of college basketball games. There's like 360 teams yeah. in division one. They all play 30 games or whatever, thousands and thousands of games. No one can watch all of these. It doesn't matter how much time, if that's your whole job all year. So in, there's a lot of games that the committee hasn't seen or that any of us haven't seen. So you have to have something like this. You have to have something. You can, eye tests can matter, but it can't be the only thing. There has to be some type of data. So that's where the net comes in. Okay, I like that. Um, let's now dive into more like the specifics of the actual teams that are on these rankings. Um, I know off the top of my head, South Carolina is number one, which I think everybody can agree with just based on how they've done so far. But other than them, which teams on these rankings do you think match their number? And then let's compare it to the her hoop stats rankings as well. Yeah. Aaron's going to love that. We uh, we're going to bring up the her hoop stats rankings here. That's where we're, <laughs> we're getting into it. South Carolina is definitely correct. Number one, the net got that one, right? I think any reasonable rating system, her hoop stats ratings have South Carolina. Number one, AP poll has them. Number one, Anyone who knows anything about basketball has them number one. Uh, I think when you look at the top, I want to say five or six or so, they're not quite in the same order, but they're all pretty close. Uh, Net has Stanford number two. Her Hoop Stats has Stanford number three. Uh, Net has Utah four, and, and Her Hoop Stats has Utah two. Net has Texas as three. Her Hoop Stats has Texas at five. Uh, Notre Dame five and six and Iowa is six in the net and four in hoop stats. So you really have to get down to sort of the lower single digits or close to 10 before you start to see some discrepancies. The top top tier is pretty much set in both, which I think uh, is a good sign. It's a good sign. There are some teams that are obviously very different. And I think some teams where the net is more correct and, and where her hoop stats is more correct, but I'm, I'm going to ramble a little bit on, on a soapbox here. Okay. When I say more correct, uh, thank you for in advance for letting me cook. <laughs> so the mic is yours. <laughs> thank you. The, the thing about ranking systems in any sport is that there are two, I kind of talked about it a little bit, but there are two different ways to rank teams. You can rank teams based on how you think they are going to do going forward, or you can rank teams on what they have accomplished so far. Those are obviously correlated south carolina is the best in both for example but they're not always the exact same thing sometimes a team has won a bunch of close games where they got a little bit lucky and they're undefeated and if you rank them based on what they've accomplished they've accomplished a lot they won all their games but maybe they aren't actually as good as what their record looks like or vice versa you know maybe they've taken a few tough losses but you expect them to be better going forward so the the biggest flaw in the net to me is that it can't decide which one it wants to be because it it has kind of one component that's one and one component that's the other. And I think if you're really going to evaluate any good ranking system, you have to know what it's going for. Is it trying to rank these teams on how we think they're going to do or how they have done so far? Her hoop stats rankings are very explicitly ranking on how we think they're going to do. They're trying to predict games. So when you look at the her hoop stats rankings, if it says a team is the sixth best team, that doesn't mean they have the sixth best resume. 
necessarily so far, but we think the rest of the season that's going to be the sixth best team. The net, who knows? They can't decide. So like that's probably my biggest problem with the net. And uh, when we evaluate these differences, that's kind of what you have to take into account, I think. Okay. Um, that's very helpful. And then maybe like specifically which teams stand out to you on the net versus on her hoop stats after you get past that like top six. Yeah. You brought up one, you know, off air that, that stood out to you before we started recording that stood out to me as well. Michigan state, uh, they're not like super far off. They're seventh in the net, 12th in her hoop stats, only five spots, but Honestly, I, I love what Robin Fralick has done there. Didi Hageman is looking like an absolute baller uh, in how she's using her. I think this is Michigan's Michigan State's best team since probably Ariel Powers. You know, it's been a while, but I really don't think they're seventh. I think that's a stretch. Net has them seventh. But the thing about the net is that it also doesn't take into account any past seasons at all, which at some point is correct. When you get into February, like this season is all that matters. But we're still, like you said, beginning of podcast, a month in the season. It matters a little bit, at least kind of what your preseason expectations were. Uh, you know, still we're still kind of early enough that having that baseline sort of matters and her hoop stats rankings kind of have that baseline. So that's why Michigan State is a little bit lower in the her hoop stats rankings is because they haven't been a top 25 team the last few years. And so uh, their numbers are kind of playing catch up in that regard this year. Uh, this is definitely their best year in that stretch. But I, I would lean more towards her stats of 12th than net of 7th for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, no, that's totally fair. Um, and I guess like I saw somewhere, maybe ESPN said it. Do these get updated like daily or like how often are they going to come out? I believe it gets updated daily. I'm I'm actually I should know the answer to that. I might be wrong. It's at least weekly. Um okay. but well her hoop stats obviously gets updated daily, not even more than once a day. I mean at every like hour, I think. So uh or whatever. I don't know the timeline, but <laughs> when games happen, they go in there. Net doesn't get updated that often, but yeah, you can you can go in, I think, every day and look at it. And I should play devil's advocate to myself, by the way, on on the preseason expectations thing. There is there are some exceptions to that. And I think when a team has a new coach is a big exception where your preseason expectations don't matter nearly as much, even early in the season, because obviously the team is going to look a lot different under a new coach. I think Illinois last year under Shauna Green was a great example. Any rankings that took into account their preseason expectations at all were extremely wrong for like the first two months because Illinois hadn't done anything for 20 years. And last year, all of a sudden they came out and we're a top 25 team. So I could be wrong. Michigan State maybe is the seventh best team in the country. Who knows? But I think we need to see more to really confirm that. And in your words, and if they are, good for them. Because <laughs> you like saying exactly. that. Good for them. I, I do like saying that. Good for them. Hey, I, uh, that, I, that's not supposed to be like a salty thing. That's but like tip my cap, you know, respect. Good for them. Good. Love it. Um, but yeah, make sure you're subscribed to her hoop stats to get the full rankings. Um, as Cal said, they get updated pretty often. So uh, I think comparing it to the net ratings and any other kind of rankings or ratings that come out um, is very interesting to watch. Uh, the more the more stats websites we get, the better, I think, uh, and to provide a well a well-rounded approach to covering and analyzing basketball, especially when, you know, 
like you said, like there's always the eye test versus analytics part of it. Um, I think having that well-rounded approach is always good, but that's all from us on the net ratings. Um, now let's get into exam season and our games to watch for this upcoming week. When I looked at the schedule, it's getting kind of, kind of like fewer games. I would say obviously holidays are coming up and all that. And it's exam season, literally for the students. Um, at least it is for me up here in Canada. So, uh, but we have three ranked games on Sunday, December 10, that we're going to preview. The first one being UCLA versus Florida State at 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Um, Cal, players to watch in that game. You got to keep your eye on Tania Latson for Florida State. She had a sensational freshman year. She's been pretty good this year, but she's struggled a little bit. Her shot hasn't been falling so far. A little bit of a sophomore slump shooting-wise, so... That she's going to come out of that. It's only a matter of when, not if. Uh, and it may be this game. Florida State probably needs it to be this game uh, if they're going to beat UCLA because UCLA is right there behind South Carolina's top teams in the country. So you need your star shining and you need your shots falling. And that's the player that I really think you got to focus on in this game. Absolutely love it. So that's on that's at 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Our next ranked game is Utah versus South Carolina at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And like I said last week, I'm very, very happy when these games are being televised on channels like ESPN because it means that I can watch. Uh, but for Utah and South Carolina, what specifically are you looking for from each team? Well, first off, I'm sick of these injuries. Jana Neepkins yeah. for Utah. Hate it. Out for the year. Another one. Can we can we stop with the injuries? Basketball gods, um, uh, throwing up some. I don't I don't know what the word is. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I'm trying please. to say. Yeah. Please, yes, please. please, please, no more injuries. Yeah, gutted for her, gutted for this team. This team looks like the best team they've ever had. They're so good, and I, I hate that this came when it did, and I, I hate it for her. But this is still a really good basketball team. They move the ball so well. They can really spread you out. Their offense is as good as it gets, and so and it's a fun offense. So, is South Carolina's defense going to be tested? Uh, I do think South Carolina has the edge, even if Neepkins were playing. But you're going to have to see Camilla Cardoso, I think, come out and, and guard on the perimeter a little bit with Alyssa Peely, Peely uh, hitting threes. Uh, like I said, they, they really can hit threes from all five spots. So, uh, South Carolina is going to have to defend that and. And I, I think on the other end, uh, Utah is going to be giving up some size as well uh, to Cardoso in the paint. So, I mean, everyone kind of does, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, Utah in particular, I think. So uh, how, how they guard that is going to be interesting as well. Yeah. Um, you talk about on the defensive side, even on the offensive side of South Carolina, I've just been so impressed with their playmaking. Um, it just feels like we've talked about how every player can get their shots. Like whether that's like Tahina Falpao, Raven Johnson, like all these different players, but they can also play make. I feel like when I watch South Carolina, like you can tell it's, and it sounds so simplified, but like when they get into their sets, like their goal is to get somebody the bucket um, and finish that possession, no matter who it is, they're constantly looking and they're creating those open looks. And I think that's part of what's made them so successful and why, you know, why their defense has been so good to play, um, into transition as well. So I'm very excited to watch this game. Thank you for putting it on ESPN. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to, uh, 
or I guess, yeah, I will be because I'll be flying on Sunday, but I, I will be landing in time to watch that game. So I'm excited for that one. And then our third matchup will be following that game, North Carolina versus UConn at 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Um, players to watch in this game, one for me, definitely Aaliyah Edwards. Got to bring my Canadian biases in here. I was just going back and rewatching some of UConn's games last night, and she is so good. Like, I know it's been a little bit tough for them lately, obviously, you know, with the injury setback and falling in the rankings and all of that other stuff. But I think like just taking a moment to appreciate what her and like what Nika Mule is are doing, like these seniors are very comfortable and very solid. Um, and it's just super special to watch them play. Like Aaliyah is just so dominant. She just gets whatever she wants um, in the post, which is really cool to see, but I'm excited. Hopefully uh, UConn can get that win. Cause I think their previous game was when they lost against Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's what yep. that's what I'm looking for. Are you looking for anything in this yeah. matchup? Yeah, well, uh, those two that you brought up, and especially Aaliyah Edwards, I think, like you said, are huge because uh, when you talk about the injuries UConn has gone through in the last couple of years, I mean, Nika missed a game or two, but but she's been in there for the most part. Aaliyah's been in there. Th those two have been kind of constants, steady rocks for this team that has otherwise not had that. And and so they've developed a lot of value, valuable experience uh, that way. And and someone, especially Leah Edwards, I think, uh, you know, in in a front court that it, it's it's kind of she, she's the focus. So that's really who I would be watching, too. But to not steal your answer, um, I'll <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be watching Alyssa Usby, I think, uh, on North Carolina side. By the way, North Carolina comes in on a three-game losing streak, and UConn's lost two of three. So these are two teams that are hungry yep. right now, very hungry. And none of those losses were particularly bad losses on either side. They lost to some good basketball teams, like you said, Texas for UConn. Uh, you know, North Carolina lost to FGCU, who's really good as usual. They lost to Kansas State, uh, but and, and then of course South Carolina. Yeah, but. Yeah, the, your record is what it is when you when you're on a losing streak you're desperate to to right the ship and get in a win so uh i think Alyssa usby is you know that player who kind of has that dog and in in uh like on both sides i think she's gonna have to be huge for this team to do that um especially going against uh you know Aaliyah edwards we'll see i mean maria gokting pride garter some extent um we'll see how how much either one spends time on her but I think, uh, yeah, th this is a really fun matchup. Yeah, and even on that note, too, like with the losses and coming in hungry, I think, and maybe players can speak to it differently if they feel a different way, but I think when you have losses that are against good teams that, you know, you feel like you could have done better, I almost feel like that motivates players even more, especially because this is going to be such a big matchup as well. Um, I feel like that adds a little bit of extra fire word to freshman fire <laughs> i just had to say that um, circling it back full circling circle it back full circle but I, f I feel i truly do feel like that adds a little bit of extra fire because like you know your team is good and you know they're good enough to be able to get some of those wins so i feel like that's an extra factor um into the competitiveness and motivation of these two teams when they face each other on sunday december 10 at 5 p.m eastern on espn so those are our three games to watch during exam season 
Um, that's been Coast to Coast for today. Make sure you're tapped into Her Hoop Stats throughout all of our college coverage. Um, I know uh, Christy and Gabe are back recording their podcast as well, too. So make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube, subscribe to our podcast platforms, all of that on social media at Her Hoop Stats, myself at Karina MM. You can find Cal at CWetzel31. And we will see you on Coast to Coast next Wednesday.